In this special episode of Industry Relations, we take a look back at 2022 and some of our favorite moments uh, in the Industry Relations podcast recording. But don't worry, next week we'll come out with a brand new episode. Let's go. This is Industry Relations, a podcast that's at the intersection of real estate and technology from an insider's perspective with Rob Hahn and Greg Robertson. Okay, you're a homeowner. You sold a home in the last five years or something, right? You made a shit ton of money, but people tend to be pretty selfish, right? <laughs> Somebody comes and says, hey, uh, you could get a $30,000 judgment. So I think they're going to be like, you know, it well, costs well, you nothing. You know, yeah, that sort of thing. We'll definitely see. I mean, that that's going to be interesting. I mean, I just don't... Um, yeah, it's... I, I have a feeling... This is the feeling I have right now. There is some somebody there that knows a lot more about class action suits and, and law, the law and everything who's yelling at their radio right now. Right. Right. Remember they're listening to this podcast, like yeah. you dumb shits don't know anything about how this is done. Yeah. yeah. Like, so hopefully they'll leave a, a YouTube comment of telling how, how much we have no clue about, which is completely which be great. Yeah. Which is great and completely true. <laughs> it could right? be great. I would love to have an experienced class action antitrust litigator willing to come on this program and talk to us about this. I think they act via the FTC, not DOJ, not these lawsuits, right? Um, and on that one, you make policy arguments for right. sure, right? Because right? that is nothing about legal precedent. It's not about that. It's about, okay, well, what should the regulations be? To me, I think that's less of a concern. I think you're, I will agree with you here. Then it is these lawsuits, Right. Um, I'm the other way. I'm saying the regulation is the bigger concern than the lawsuits. See, I th I th I'm, I'm, I'm thinking now it's probably the other way because there's not they're not actively suing us. They're not actively doing anything. They're just we're suing. When I say we, I'm saying, you know, organized. Yeah, yeah. They're suing them. The, the stuff that they have to keep their eye on the ball right now is all these civil suits. Right. Those are the ones that could could mm. be anything. Else. There's nothing actively happening, really. I guess the question is, do you, do you just want to wait until the FTC comes out with rules? If this disruption were to happen today, there's no doubt that Zillow would just you know, have to come in and save the industry. At that point, I think Zillow sort of becomes the real estate industry, right? However, as he's so very familiar, like the entire industry hates Zillow, right? So if he could be the second player, because he's also a 35, well, and Zillow's not a $35 billion company anymore. If CoStar were one of the two, three, four companies in this space with the type of capital, the type of technology, type of power, to say to the brokers, to MLSs, to associate to agents, don't worry, I know the government come in and wreck shop, we can, we can save you. I think he wants to be one of those one of those two companies. I think you just become, you just want to be number two. You want to be second place and wait for the asteroids to hit. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 a, that's a very Rob Hahn sounding strategy, <laughs> right? Hey man, now, just put yourself in position when the when the shit hits the fan, you're there. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then you just pick up the pieces because you know at that point the MLS board of directors has to vote. All right, who are we going to vote to come in and rescue us? You know, and who, who's out there? Well, Zillow and its co-star. I guess we're going with co-star. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the that's where. Andy and, and CoStar want to be when that inevitably happens. I think the question is, you know, as you've announced 25% reduction in headcount as you get out of iBind, does that include the agents? Mm -hmm. Because if, 
you're getting agents strictly for eye buying. You get out of eye buying and those agents are sticking around. Why? I think the question mm. is why. Um, could could there and I, I've I've looked at this over all these years and you know there's a lot of interesting elements of the Redfin model. I think Zillow could become the Redfin model by flipping a switch. Right. It has its brokerage mm. licenses. It has the listings. It has now booking technology, right, with showing time. So yeah. if it really wanted to get real or really deep in the transaction and actually touch the commission dollars itself, because they're kind of doing it obviously already with Flex, right? They're, they're kind of acting as a brokerage without having agents on staff. Um, I think the question is, could they look to maybe sell your house, you know? He is very, very smart. Yeah, there's is, no coincidences, right? That's what we always say on this that, podcast. There is, there is not. There's not. I think it's one of those things where, and I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on, but like he is, um, and, and the whole, you know, the the old saying of skating to where the bus going, you know, the Gretzky saying, I mean, that's, that's what he constantly does. Um, they have experience of building marketplaces from scratch. They have experience from choking out competition. They have a lot of experience there. And some of the stuff they're looking to do around the content creation. And Rob, I read your piece the other day. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of even sell-side analysts that are not fully grasping. Right. And they're missing uh, some crucial elements to, the, I think, what, what CoStar's up to. But uh, around the content creation, and this is funny because, you know, when I, when I talk to CoStar, um, you know, talking to the management team, you know, and asking some bits and pieces about the strategy. And they, they're like, well, that, that 320 million, 300 million of investment this year, a lot, large part of that's going to content. As, as long as we've been talking and, you know, even before this craziness and sure. Hell, I think we've been in the craziness ever since this cycle. <laughs> they keep on saying it's going to go. It's, but it's, you know, yeah, this yeah. is the longest damn cycle forever, but you know, there's always been this 80, 20 rule, right? Correct. You know, and in every industry they, they talk about there's always an eighty twenty. So there, Correct. there is naturally, you know, some level of a, a a few you know, a few agents doing much better than the majority of agents, right? So True. now, you know, we can argue that that technology has only compressed that further. It has. Right. Are we talking about, you know, uh, you know, a, a 90 and a 95, you know, 95, yeah. 10 or 95, yeah. five or five uh, and 87. Right. Those are the types of numbers we're seeing. Right. So, th I mean, there, there's something there to be said, but it's not, uh, you know, so it doesn't it, defeat it, your it, point. Okay. That's my, that's what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying we define it. So the first thing is that average agents are not doing well. The top agents are doing amazingly well. Will we ever see a dramatic reduction in the number of agents because so. of this bionicness and when do you think when do you think that's going to happen and what is the tipping point for that to, to have happen i mean you know we've we've talked about it man we've argued it's things like if the ftc make take some action around commissions right i think we instantly see huge so commission compression right commission compression would be one another one would be and i think this is i think there's a really decent chance this has our way is if you get rid of 1099 exemption because right. the government needs taxes. That would, do it. that would that that right? that would I, that would be the one thing I would say right. really really puts a, a nail. It really nail does. Um, and I think we're starting to. I mean, the fact of the matter is, government needs taxes. You know, they just spent whatever eight trillion dollars. California is raising taxes on like literally everything that walks. <laughs> At some point, they're going to be like, "Hey, we need to tax these damn realtors." You know, what I mean, it, it's going to happen, right? 
So well, they're being taxed. I mean, on you know what they report for sure. Yeah, but they're not. You know, you know, and I know they're not getting taxed. Like if these agents were employees, right? Do we think the sellers would be willing to directly pay the buyer's agent? Well, they're doing it now. No, they're not. They're paying their listing agent, and the listing agent is sharing with the buyer agent. Okay. Right? Right. Yeah. Under this new rule, what, what Northwest is saying, okay, no, no, it's not that. So it's no longer 6% to your buyer agent, uh, your listing agent, and then the listing agent is going to share that 6% with the buyer agent. Right Now it's, you're going to pay the listing agent 3%, and you are promised to pay 3% to the buyer agent. So it's direct from the Well, it was, it was always that, but this is just making it more transparent of how it was going to be done, right? What Northwest is saying is, okay, you know what we're going to do? Your agreement with the listing agent is for 3%, and then you're going to do a separate agreement with the buyer's agent to pay them 3%, right? So it's it's actually totally different. It's It goes beyond transparency. The character is different. Yeah, I mean, I think the end result is the same, right? End result is the same. They're just trying to figure out ways that they can say no to us. right? Yeah. Philosophically, and I think this is true, vendors regard MLSs as a whole, right, as... They're a barrier. They're going to tell us what we can't do. They're going to tell us no, right? And I'm saying culturally, philosophically, if the vendors felt like, no, no, the MLS industry is all about figuring out how to say yes, right? They're all about trying to help us achieve what we want to achieve. Now, there are some financial barriers. There's this, there's that, three years, da, da, da. Okay, cool. But the overall industry mindset at the MLS side is, oh, that's a really cool idea, Let's figure out how we can help you implement this idea, right? Yeah, I that's, do that's not believe what, that that is the yeah, mindset. No. no, because it's protecting the data, right? That's that's their whole thing is the shields are up automatically, right? That's that's their mindset coming from. I, I get I get what you're saying. I mean, that's what I'm getting at, right? I, I understand what you're saying there. So I, I can't believe I'm going to be saying this because I mean, you know, I've talked to a lot of companies. And, you know, their, their whole thing is like, you know, starting a portal. And I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, that's, that's land war in Asia, mm -hmm. right? That is the, the most difficult thing to do. Yep. You've got Zilla yep. to deal with and everything else. Okay. Now I'm going to retract that statement right now for this, because, da, da, da. because if it's, if, if open door has a choice of changing the fucking MLS industry or launching a portal, motherfucker run to launching a portal. Okay. <laughs> So, so <laughs> launching a portal is land war in Asia. This is to like the MLS is like going this is to win, war, Russian war in winter. This is like a, building an engine that goes light speed. I mean, it's just it's a it's exponentially higher, man. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. I I think I was making a different point. The second one is the one where I just I was a little surprised it happened, and that's coming out of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is a kind of a big deal where they reversed the dismissal of the PLS lawsuit against NAR and three MLSs, right? And that was surprising because at the trial level, it was just dismissed, you know, and like dismissed with prejudice, meaning you can't refile this thing. This this was, you really have no case here, so get the fuck out. Like that. that's what the trial yeah, court said. Yeah. And it was total victory. And then, like, I don't, to me, it felt like it was a little bit out of nowhere. The Ninth Circuit comes in, reverses that dismissal, remands for new for trial, but again, along the way, it just like laid out these arguments, and I'm just reading through this like, wow, you've essentially made the case for the plaintiff's lawyers here, right? It's just, 
I mean, I don't want to say biased, but like, let's put it this way: if uh, if the defendants, so if NAR and M Red and Bright, and I think CRMLS, if they lose at trial, like, I guess you could appeal to the Ninth Circuit. But it's pretty clear where the Ninth Circuit stands. You know, it's one of those things. You might have to take it to the Supreme Court. So I was thinking about writing a post recently, man, um, with the title that "Speed Kills," right? Okay. Because. You know, and, and I was going to have some fun with, like, you know, stuff I know from the gun community. Like, you know, rifle bullets, why they're so dangerous because they're so much faster, right? So people want to think about, like, these big guns, big calibers. Nah, man, it's not the caliber. It's the speed, right? It's the speed that kills. And I was thinking about, like, trying to analogize it and bring it over to this, which is there's no doubt in my mind that if we had the time, we, the industry, we can adjust, Right, we can figure out, like like you said, rentals. We can figure out, all right, the TAM's going to be, you know, half of what it was before, or whatever the scenario is. If we have the time, then we can adjust and figure it out. The problem is if we if things happen fast. Do you know what I mean? If the disruption, it's not the nature of the disruption or what the disruption is necessarily. It's the speed of that disruption happening that's going to be the problem. So this is literally what the executive order tells Lena to do. We know that Lena and the staff at FTC, right? So not the political appointees, but the staff attorneys at FTC and DOJ have been wanting to go after real estate for at least 10 years. Lena hasn't been able to do anything because of the deadlock on the FTC, right? And the specific opportunity is it went from three Republicans and three Democrats to four Democrats, two Republicans, right? You're right. When the House changes hands in November, because it's going to change hands. If, if it, that, dude, the red wave is real. It's going to change hands, right? Okay. Right. You don't really? I mean, I'm quoting from Democrats when I say the red wave is coming, the House is going to change hands, right? Uh, well, it, I, I mean, I will say that, that that typically happens, you know, in, in a midterm in, anyway. Yeah. In a midterm typically. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, I call yeah. that, you know, whatever. Okay. You got to think like a politician to some extent, right? It doesn't matter whether you lie. Doesn't you're not going to go and explain. Hey, here's what I'm doing, and it's going to make these guys have to delink and buy or comp. They're not doing that. What they're saying is, <clears throat> you know, these realtors are ripping you off. I'm putting a stop to that. No, and the I, people I, that are going to, dude, I, it's not I'm true, just telling though. you. I know look, it's not about truth. No, We're talking about what right, politicians right, are going right. to say. Every vendor has implanted in their fucking heads everywhere. And I see it in every market material. 90% of consumers said they would use the same agent again for their next transaction. Every poll that's ever been done says Congress, the approval rating for Congress as a whole is like 20%. Nobody likes Congress, whether you're on the left, right, middle, it doesn't matter. Nobody it's not thinks. Tiny, correct. Right. And yet, when you add, pull them and say, well, how about your congressman? They're like, no, no, my congressman's fine. My congressman's a good guy, right? I mean, you've seen that right. stat, right? Right, right, yeah. Okay. I, I see what you're saying, yeah. Like you said, I mean, the FTC is now telling consumers, like, hey, you should use, use a traditional real estate agent, right? We know, that the, we know for a fact that the FTC was told to go regulate real estate, right? We know that for a fact because that's the whole Biden executive order. We've yeah. talked about it many times. All right. Um, does this imply that NAR flexes political muscle and sort of got the FTC <laughs> to play ball? Right? That would be real interesting. I, I'm yeah. telling you, like, like one of the one of the conversations, the past conversation we had on this podcast was about. I was actually looking like 
things might be optimistic because they only have so much time. They only really have, you know, we've got the midterms coming up and, you know, it's not, it hasn't been showing up at a lot in some of their communications. And then you get a move like this where they're slapping down like, you know, non-traditional things. Yeah. Maybe the time, maybe, maybe all this, maybe all this talk we've been doing for the past year. Maybe. Be for not, right? So maybe. Yes. Yeah. It's entirely possible. Maybe. Or, or, um, or maybe they feel that just bringing some pressure on has made the industry turn, make some changes mm-hmm. that are, are, uh, are going to be uh, in a positive direction and they don't need to do anything else. Right. So we'll it's, kind of it's possible. That. Yeah. Entire. We'll okay. see, you know, Okay. so basically, uh, open door exclusive. So basically I talked about in context of open door, giving the mortgage title, mortgage and title opportunity to Zillow, the first shot at it. In other words, every seller, right. Who's not an investor. Every seller is also a buyer. Right. So I'm like, okay, if that seller had come to Open Door directly, then Open Door gets the opportunity. Hey, since you're selling us your home, do you need to buy a home? Would you like Would you like to talk about mortgage and title? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty that's I mean no, that's like, a very big high bar to fucking actually hit. If even if they have the right to do that. No, what I mean is like that's actually what they've been doing up yeah. until now, right? Yeah. <laughs> and when Open Door at one point talked about their title attach rate is like north of ninety percent, right? So. Uh, open door mortgage made perfect sense. Again, just think about it. People coming directly to opendoor.com right. say, I want to sell my house. Now open door goes, cool. Hey, do you need to buy a house if yeah. you're selling yours? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I do. <clears throat> Would you like to talk about mortgage? Right. Now it's going to be the vast, like the bulk of those people, because let's face it, Zillow's got the traffic. They're going to go to Zillow, click on the button, right? And then a Zillow rep goes, hey, since you're selling your house, do you need to buy a house? Why, yes, yes, I do. Hey, do, would you like to talk about pre-approval? Right. No, no, so, no, that's that's true. But I mean, Zillow's having a tough time today. Today, I just do pretty. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Zillow right home loans still losing money. Yep. Yeah. But still, Open Door's giving that opportunity, the first shot, first crack to Zillow. Sure, they're giving that up. So sure. now, I did mention in this context. Okay, so what happens when that buyer, right? So they sold their home to Open Door, right? But now they're a buyer, okay, with a Zillow Premier agent, and they're pre-approved on Zillow Mortgage. They come to an open-door exclusive house. What I don't know is how easy or difficult is it then at that point as open-door exclusive to be like, hey, we're the homeowner now, right? We're not representing, like, you have a buyer agent, you're pre-approved, we think you should get pre-approved with us instead. Like, swap out your Zillow loan with an open-door mortgage because we can do these discounts or whatever, like, does that happen often? I don't know the answer to that. No, I think I think what happens most often is they hand this off to the agent, and the agent is going to say, "Well, I want to, you know, I'm going to use fucking Frank, Frank Marshall, who I've you worked with for years." Right. Wells Fargo. So even though they have pre-approved with Zillow home loans, I, I think I think an agent wants everything in their control, okay. and it's hard for all this shit. And this is okay. I'm gonna, this is why I think the open door stuff is so brilliant here on the other side is that it's they they got to get this deal done they're going to do that now flip side on the open door exclusives yeah hey these are our houses you yeah. want this price you have to do a b c d and e you know i don't think they had the type of like legal oversight over everything saying hey you know this is a problem you can't say market value 
who the hell knows, right? Yeah, and, I mean, and then, going back to market value, and I, I thought I, I tweeted this when I read this. Yeah. Because anybody who's been a listener to industry relations knows we've been talking about the FTC and the DOJ, and, and they're kind of like, we're waiting for the other suit to drop on them kind of coming down on commissions, you know, buyer side commissions, right? Yeah. And because it's, you know, that's an unfair practice from realtors. And in this case, the irony of the whole thing was like, they're telling people, well, you should be using traditional real estates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so what? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm being a little facetious, but not really. I mean, yeah. the irony was so thick here. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, if you would, if they would have used a traditional real estate agent, yeah. they would have made blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah. wait, what? What? Yeah. Who? Yeah. Who? Uh, Here's the thing, man. So, look, I mean, I think the the FTC thing, like I said, to me, it was green mail. It was one of these things where Open Door probably looked at it and said, "All right, fuck it, let's just pay them off." You know, like how much do you want to go away? Yeah, because that's what green mail is, right? There's a lot of these harassment lawsuits. You know, somebody's like, yeah, I'm going mean, to sue you for this. And Zillow's done it for, a couple times, right? Yeah, settle yeah, for $50,000 and like just write them a check because we're going to spend more than that on lo- legal fees, yeah. right? Um, and I think Open Door just didn't want to bother with it. Okay, right? let me ask you a question and let me get your take on this. So that this dropped the week of Inman Connect, right? It, more importantly, it dropped three days before the earnings call. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, that's another thing, right? But, <laughs> I kind of think that they dropped it the week of of Inman Connect because they wanted to send a message to the industry, and they know they knew that there'd be a lot of thought leaders and industry, industry people. They're going to be together in one place that Possible. they can discuss that. I mean, that's a little bit of a conspiracy theory. What do you, what do you think? It's possible. I kind of doubt it. You know, like I don't know if the FTC pays that close attention to like. In men and the industry leaders. Do you know what I mean? I feel like the FTC just kind of does FTC stuff because they're a big giant federal agency. You know, they're, they're, they feel like they're all powerful. So they just kind of, I think if anything, like I said, more important would have been let's drop it before earnings call. I'm rather concerned about how that plays out, you know, but that, that was a that, huge that, development in 2022. Yeah. That, that last thought there, Rob, was probably the most Rob Hahn thought I've ever heard. Okay. What? Petrol debt to ratio to gold. Oh God, I, I have no idea. What about. <laughs> but that is so you right there. It's like okay, I wasn't concerned about how you know people are paying mo- you know not paying dollars for money for oil now, but now it's you know NFT trading cards and and, and gold. And <laughs> They're not the same the thing. I mean, just try some new things and let Northwest kind of lead the way. So we all could learn like what works, what doesn't, and there are kind of a lot of things we learn from this. So, listen, I, I another great one. I mean, this is so good for me as the five year old, and I get to talk to you and like flush these things out. I, I love it when I have this preconceived, you know, notion of how I'm looking at things, and then um, you expertly, like I said, walk me down that road. And I, 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 I swear to you, there, there's no road, there's no trap. I'm just as curious <laughs> as you are. No, but I mean, it's I think. Um, this is why I, I hear a lot. I heard today, like I enjoy the podcast. I mean, I like you guys. Is that we have conversations like this, and we can undo. Yeah. They unpack can listen some of this to stuff. this yeah. unpack some of this stuff, and then have a. I I have a way. To, when I read that thing, you turned my head around to like I didn't even think of those consequences, and that's that's mm-hmm. been great. Thank you, Rob Hahn. Oh, uh, thank you, fabulous Greg Robertson, for <laughs> allowing us to have this. 